welcome everyone. You're listening to Here Come the Moms, only on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich. And I'm Sharon Naylor. And today's show is all about the rehearsal dinner, which is a great time, a special time to meet family and friends, to relax, and to begin your wedding celebration. Right. And I have a lot of questions to ask you, Sharon. Bring them on. <laughs> Are rehearsal dinners still the domain of the mother of the groom? You know, and even though we're in an age where the both sets of parents can be involved in the planning or the bride and groom may be paying for things on their own, there's still a love of the tradition of having the groom's family take care of the rehearsal dinner. So it really is falling to them more often. But in some cases, parents do split the planning? Yeah, yeah. And how do they do that? It's custom created uh, by the bride and groom and both sets of parents to decide how are we going to divide up the parties? And if we're going to share each party, what do do you want to work on? Do you want to do the food? Do you want to do the cake? Do you want to do the flowers? It's basically a a really custom created uh, arrangement that these groups of hopefully friendly working partners will put together. Do you think you need to send invitations? You know, it's really a good idea to send invitations because people get confused. Um, In the past, it's become tradition, it was in the past tradition, to invite out-of-town guests. Well, now we're a global society, and you may have 100 out-of-town guests. So what happens with that rule about inviting out-of-town guests to the rehearsal dinner? Now it becomes a very big burden on the parents of the groom. So you want to send invitations to the people who are invited. It could be that you draw the line. Bridal party members and guests and children, the officiant and a guest, never forget that guest, and anybody else who's in- involved with the wedding itself. And you can include musicians if you're going to have them there performing for the for your rehearsal. Depends how involved that is. Um, that's who gets involved to the rehearsal dinner. Now, the issue that opens up is what do you do with all of your out-of-town guests who are in the hotel? You really should have someone host an event like a welcome cocktail party or a light snacks dinner. Um, Something should be planned for them that someone else can host and that you will help pay for. So, Because it's just good manners to provide something for all of those guests who went to great expense and time to travel for your wedding. Where are the top locations for rehearsal dinners? You know, a lot of people are having them at home. It's just easier than trying to find a restaurant that has a party room that's the right size. And I'm hearing so often now, not to go against the restaurant industry, but I'm hearing so often that people are given private areas in a restaurant, but it's so loud that a lot of the elderly guests can't hear anything. There's no privacy. There are children running through the room from other groups. Um, You want to make sure that if you're going to be at a restaurant, make sure it's a real private room with a door that closes so that your group has the privacy and quiet that you deserve. Um, Another location that's becoming more popular is the bed and breakfast, believe it or not. If you have guests who are coming to town, it may be more special for them to stay in a bed and breakfast where your family takes up all 20 rooms there and the rehearsal dinner takes place in the garden or in the terrace or in the dining room. It's a beautiful environment. So there are a lot of really neat locations that people are looking for for the rehearsal dinner. And restaurants, I would think, are pretty popular. Restaurants are very popular. Now, here's a, an issue. Um, if a bride and groom wanted to have a beach wedding, but they couldn't, for whatever reason, it was just too many logistics for the wedding, they may choose a beach or lakefront 
a location for the rehearsal dinner so they can see the water and they get that experience for the rehearsal dinner on the smaller scale, it's more possible and more affordable. So it may be one of the locations that they look at is a restaurant that has a picture window overlooking the ocean and they get great photos too. Which leads me to ask you, like, what are the top, there are top styles probably of rehearsal dinners, which are they formal? Are they informal? Does it matter what kind of wedding you're having versus your rehearsal dinner? Right. Basically, it does matter what kind of wedding you're having. There is a lot of misunderstanding out there in terms of, well, if you have a very formal wedding, you have to have a very informal rehearsal dinner. That's partially true. There are a lot of couples and planning teams with parents who decide you know, let's not have the same kind of menu that we're having at the wedding. Let's do something really different. Let's have a fun theme. So we're seeing a lot of Great Gatsby themed. We're seeing a lot of seasonal themed. Like if you're having a fall wedding, of course, you'll have fall events or fall elements in your wedding itself. But your rehearsal dinner could be really falled up, if that makes sense. Um, But basically, you have a lot of options for themes. Beach rehearsal dinners, very popular style. Garden rehearsal dinners, very popular style. Another thing that's becoming very popular is at the hotel where all of the guests are staying. They may have a courtyard or a poolside area where you have, you know, a barbecue or the food hand pass there. So it's like a poolside party. And it's more convenient. It's very convenient. You want to make sure that you always keep in mind. This is a huge, huge point. And if you take anything away from this show, take this away. Um, pay attention to your guests' ease of movement. Make sure that you're not asking them to drive a really far distance to the location of the rehearsal dinner. If you can have it right there in the hotel, that means nobody has to worry about drinking and driving. That's a very, very big issue. And you really want to make sure that there's parking. If you choose a restaurant in a busy city area and there's no parking and you know that people don't know their way around that city, that's a a don't. You want to make sure that the place you choose has a parking lot. Um, Make sure that it's convenient for your guests. That's one of the top things on location. And I definitely think you can indulge if you want in your rehearsal dinner with regard to style, because let's say you didn't have a sushi bar at your wedding. Right. Maybe you'll choose to have sushi, you know, at your rehearsal dinner. Excellent point. It may be that with your 200 guests, you had to plan a less expensive wedding itself or a reception. Um, where you're having a cocktail party or a dessert and champagne, you know, some some steps you had to take to uh, watch your budget. Well, the rehearsal dinner might be a way for you to bring in the gourmet food you wish you could have had at the reception. You could bring in the you know the salmon and the lobster and the steaks and things like that for your inner circle. This is your inner circle. They're your VIPs of the wedding. So you can choose to have a very upscale rehearsal dinner and then a more relaxed, casual. Uh, reception. Wedding rehearsals are often emotional. Oh, absolutely. And one of the main reasons, most likely, is because of the toasts right. that are given. Absolutely. It, 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 who makes the toasts at a rehearsal dinner? First toast is by the host of the event. So if it's the groom's parents who are planning and paying for the rehearsal dinner, they will make the first toast. Now, one thing that has happened is that even though both sets of parents may be working together or the bride and groom may be also partnering in, they still give the parents of the groom the honor of giving the first toast. And then the parents of the bride give a toast. And then the bride and groom give a toast. Some groups talk about it beforehand, which I think is a really good idea so no one's feelings get hurt. If you're all in a group and then the mother of the bride makes a toast, whoa. You want to pre-talk about toasts and the order in which they're given. Bride and groom, Always make sure that you give a toast at this event to thank your parents, 
no matter if they're paying for the wedding or not. Thank your parents for a lifetime of love. Thank your bridal party for all that they've invested in being a part of your day. And if you have kids, give a toast to your kids. They love to be to be acknowledged and to be an important part of that of that event. I have to tell you, just for the toast alone, I think that every rehearsal dinner should be videotaped. I think so too. I think it's a great idea. I mean, that's yeah. part of your your documentary. Yeah. You know, it's part of your celebration. And these toasts are once they're said, right. you know, I know I'd want to relive and hear these things over and over again because they're so special. Right. I've always felt that it's not the beauty of the cake or the flowers that make the wedding, it's the words spoken during the ceremony and the reception. It's all about the words. Totally, I'm a writer. I feel that way. So No, but I totally agree. And I get <laughs> yeah. a little uh, emotional with that, too. What are the top tips for keeping rehearsal dinner costs down? Well, the first thing is the number of your guests. If you are on a budget, you really can't open up to invite some of the out-of-town guests and not others. That's just wrong. And if you're on a budget, you really don't want to do that anyway. Um, look at family-style menus um, where it's you choose with the caterer the type of salad, the type of entree. Um, don't let your guests just order anything they want off the menu. Have a prearranged menu with two or three choices and a prearranged drink menu. Um, in this sense, it may be you offer beer and wine. And if guests want to order any hard liquor or anything else, you arrange with the staff that they can order those things, but they pay for them themselves. Yeah, I know people I'm get really, people, I know people get really, really dicey on that. That's a really questionable etiquette issue. But if you have a hard drinking crowd, and if and you are providing, budget, and you are providing beer and you wine, you are providing beer it's and wine. It's not like you didn't provide something. And it's printed on the menu card, and I recommend the menu card. I think it's better if not offering the other though. I think you know what. I think beer and wine, in my opinion, is fine. Yeah, you're offering the beer and wine. But if you have someone who asks the waiter, you know, I want a, a double scotch, um, then you basically you have it prearranged with your site that you don't have to deal with the stickiness. The waiter has to say, well, that's not included in this package, but I'll be happy to get it for you at your own expense. And the host or, and and okay. or the host can decide to pick up. It's okay. Those few drinks that may have been right. requested, too. But I get a lot of letters from brides and grooms who say, I have a really hard drinking crowd. You know, they will do shot after shot after shot, and it's going to cost us a fortune. We're really nervous about it. So that's the advice that I give them. I know that cash bar anything is really bad etiquette, but sometimes when you're in a situation where you're on a budget, you have to draw a line like that. Sometimes it's hard to, but you have to. So if you offer the beer and wine as part of the party, that's what's offered. Another thing um, besides um, the family-style menu is... Really, if you're having it at home, you can self-cater, which is a lot of fun. You create a group of volunteers, and you're all in the kitchen working together. You may get platters from Costco, um, things where it's not that expensive. And since you're doing it yourself and having a lot of fun, like two hours before the party, everybody's got a glass of wine, and they're making their entrepas. And you can make it and, all look pretty. And it really looks nice, and it means more because it's it's done by a group of a small group of volunteers. You don't want to make it a potluck and ask everybody to bring and stuff. It may be, and it may be even more comfortable right. to do it that way. Right. Well, what do you think some of the top DIY, do-it-yourself projects are for rehearsal dinners? Because that definitely will help keep things you know, more reasonably you know, expenses. Absolutely. You can make your own invitations. You can send evites. That's fine. You really can for I, a rehearsal I, dinner. I, I'm with you. Um, I think more people money. should be doing that. Right. Um, another DIY is uh, your favors. 
some people don't realize that you have to give out favors at a rehearsal dinner. Well, you really should. Um, just to as a, a separate thank you. You're giving gifts to your bridal party and to your parents, but just a cute little something um, that can be made. And a lot of times it's edibles. You get a in bulk, you get a bunch of chocolates, and you make them the little baggies. And that's something that when you have a lot of friends and relatives who have offered to help, it might be that grandma wants to help. You know, and there's really nothing for her to do except bag some chocolates. You know, that's fine. That's a good job for her. And little kids love to be involved with the the uh, DIY aspect of rehearsal dinner. So they might make the place card settings. They might glue a card to a little pine cone or, or whatever craft it is you choose. There are a lot of elements like that. There's not a lot being spent on decor for at home or even out places like that there's not a lot being spent on that so the the do-it-yourself aspect depending on how talented you are or what your friends can do um, really opens up a great opportunity to have personal touches to the rehearsal dinner now what if you know you're having your wedding ceremony at a certain reception site and that was you know you want to have your rehearsal dinner but that site is not available so what right. do you do? Okay, that happens a lot. When you're not getting married in a house of worship, um, it may be that you're you're having the ceremony at the same site as your reception, like in the hotel banquet hall, just in a separate room. What happens when you want to plan the rehearsal dinner? Well, it turns out you can't get into that ballroom because another wedding is taking place on the Friday night before your wedding. Happens a lot. So now you have some options. Um, do you have the rehearsal in a separate location. Like if you're having the re rehearsal dinner at home, do you take your bridal party out on the front lawn and like line them up and walk them through and just take 15 minutes and get that done? That's an option. You can do that at, at a um, hotel or wherever it is that your rehearsal dinner is taking place. Like a mock, you'll do your mock ceremony, just say, okay, imagine right. that's where right. we're going to be walking towards and this right. is where we're coming from. And, and you'll stand here and you'll stand there and we'll do this and you'll do that. And because then, that doesn't take that much time right. anyway, does it? No, not Not, not if you've got a cooperative bridal party. A focused bridal party. Focused. You want to make sure that they stay focused and obviously don't do this after they've started drinking. So um, you want to make sure that if you need a rehearsal, because some ceremonies are so simple that you don't need a rehearsal. So it you may be, just go into... Like, just say, this is the order you're going to be in and I'll tell you tomorrow where you got to go. Okay. And that's simple. And that works. That totally works. Another option, if you can't access the location for your rehearsal, is have the rehearsal the week before the wedding on another day that is available. If all of your bridal party members are nearby and can make it to that, I, I hear from people who have their rehearsal two weeks before, three weeks before. Maybe they have it on Thanksgiving when everyone's in town. What about and the a wedding luncheon? Is not what about a luncheon? You can have a luncheon. You can grab another location and, and have that event there. Um, now, another thing that's happening is people are deciding, well, we're having a very quick civil ceremony. We're not having a church wedding. Um, there's really not that much for our people to know other than I'll tell them on the wedding day where they're standing, who they're walking with, who's escorting them. Uh, we might not want to have a rehearsal. And thus, we might not want to have a rehearsal dinner. Is that okay? It, it, it is okay if it's the personal choice of the bride and groom and planning group. It could be that the mother of the groom and the father of the groom have given already so much to the wedding itself. that, And then there was no engagement party because those are kind of out of style. Um, it may be that the parents of the groom 
decide, well, you know, we don't really want to spend for the 43 members of your bridal party and the 25 out-of-town guests, it could be that that event gets chopped. And then if the parents of the groom were not given any kind of a special event of their own, maybe they can host the wedding the day after breakfast. That's the a day great after idea. the wedding. So it's really custom creating who gets which party and who does what and who has uh, whichever kind of involvement that they want. I think ultimately the rehearsal dinner should be a more relaxed environment. Absolutely. Should be with your nearest and dearest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to toast. You're going to roast. But most important, you should enjoy this party because you have a very, very big day ahead. Absolutely. Don't drink too much. Don't, don't eat badly. Don't drink too much. Don't do anything to threaten your well-being especially the the bride and groom yeah watch what you eat don't eat too much um but eat something and then enjoy yourselves right and share right and and enjoy this special time together it's a very important event yeah yeah thank you sharon thank you if anyone has any questions ideas suggestions comments please email us at feedback at the wpn.com that's feedback at t-h-e-w-p-n.com or call us on our listener hotline 800-882-1259. You've been listening to Here Come the Moms, only on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich. And I'm Sharon Naylor. Thanks for listening.